Welcome to the Go Big to Get Big podcast, where we are challenging six-figure earners to become seven-figure givers. My name is Randy Mullen, and each week, my co-host Steve Arneson and I are interviewing successful entrepreneurs, professional athletes, philanthropists, and other high-performing humans that are inspiring us with their stories. We go deep into uncovering how they have become successful and why generosity is an impact they want to leave on this world. Our mission is to have you leave this podcast wanting to go bigger with your dreams and goals so that you can give bigger with your profits. Let's not waste any more time and jump right into it. What's up and welcome back to another episode of the Go Big to Give Big podcast. And if you joined us last week, you would know that we interviewed the co-host Steve Arneson and got him to open up, be vulnerable and share all about why he was so passionate about the Go Big to Give Big movement. And if you haven't listened to it, I'd recommend going back and listening to it and learning all about why Steve is so incredibly passionate about giving back. And this week, we get the pleasure of interviewing me. And man, it was uh, it was scary being on the other side, getting all these questions asked to me and uh, answering them. And Steve does a very good job of asking some thought-provoking questions and getting a lot out of me that I don't typically get to share. So I hope you enjoy this episode where Steve gets to have some fun interviewing me. And if you haven't, go back and listen to the one where I got to interview Steve because we wanted to just expose and share more of who we are and why we're so passionate about this mission. So without further ado, jump on in and listen to the interview where Steve gets to interview me. What's up, everybody? I am excited to share today that as a change up, I'm passing the reins over to Steve to be the host today. So Steve, take the reins, bro. It's all you. What's going on, y'all? I am super excited to uh, have the privilege of our guest here today. Uh, as you may know, I am the co-host of this fantastic Go Big to Give Big podcast. And today, the one and only host of the Go Big to Give Big podcast, Randy Munn, is going to be our guest. And I'm going to be asking him some questions so that you get to know him a little bit more, his skill sets, his heart, his mission. And uh, his energy is absolutely contagious. So I'm stoked to dive into this one. Uh, it's going to be a fun conversation, man. I know that you're fired up after uh, a, a podcast that you had earlier today, and you're just going to be shooting from the hip and shooting from the heart. And I think the place I want to start with, dude, is just take us back to the beginning. Where did the idea of Go Big to Get Big come from? Yeah, uh, a lot of people have probably heard their best friends and wanted to create more purpose in the world and uh, finding real estate as that vehicle. And uh, I vividly remember uh, sitting on my couch feeling a little bit uninspired and getting a text from one of my friends that said, you need to hear this podcast episode right now. And it was uh, an episode with Cole Hatter and Chris Harder. And Cole explained this whole notion of, if you want to make a million dollars a year, that's cool. But go build a business that does $2 million and give a million dollars away, and you'll be the happiest person on the planet. And I was like, that's it. I was, I was missing something in business, and now I found it. So went to Cole's event and obviously signed up for his mastermind and uh, came back, and we were running our meetup. And I think this was one of the biggest turning points is we had you know 20 or 30 people in it. And all of a sudden, we came back, and we're like, Instead of being free, what if we just charge $10 at the door and 
made a donation to charity so we can make $200 donation when we put 20 people in a room. And you and I kind of looked at each other and went, well, what if we put 100 people in the room? We can make a $1,000 donation. And so we started selling that uh, meetup in the sense of, hey, come make a $10 donation and learn real estate investing once you get here. And that was kind of the birth of like, wow, the bigger we go, the more we can give. And we turned that meetup into over 100 people donating over $1,000 a month. And it was the coolest concept in the world to be able to stand at the front of the room and just give like this great round of applause to everybody that showed up saying, hey, because you came here tonight, we were able to go put three kids through sport donating $1,000. Congratulate yourself. Give yourself a high five, a pat on the back. Now let's teach you some real estate. And we led with giving. And we just realized the bigger we go, the more we can give. And that was literally the birth of go big to give big. I think that's exactly what it came from. I was like, dude, the bigger we go, the more we can give. We just need to go big to give big. And so was birthed the movement from that point. And uh, I think it just stuck. Yeah, it was really fun to watch like how that transition happened as well. Like just commenting on that that transition between, you know, uh, we, we experimented a lot with the different ticket prices and stuff. But as soon as we incorporated that get back piece, like it caught wildfire almost and like it doubled almost overnight. And then we were selling out conference rooms on a monthly basis time and time again, because of, I think a lot of people just, you know, uh, attached onto the mission itself. And good little segue to my next question is like, why is go big to give big such an important mission for you? Ah. Uh. How long do you have? <laughs> you know, <it's, laughs> um, I I just thoroughly enjoyed the happiness that it's created inside of uh, I think our business together, um, and giving us new motives and missions to drive us. You know, having the meetup was daunting. It's a lot of work, but putting people in the room to sell them uh, on our real estate stuff was something that you and I were like, "Hey, this is cool." As soon as we added that giving component, it was like, "Oh yeah, this is." this is special. I want to sell more. I want to do more. Let's get involved. How do we scale it? How do we grow it? And it just changed our philosophy on how we do business. And then adding the $10 a door per month uh, for our rental portfolio. It was like, man, that just changed the philosophy. Now it becomes a game of how much can we donate? How many doors can we put in? As opposed to the grind of like, ah, we got to go find more doors. That just doesn't inspire me. The fancy cars and more money didn't inspire me. But knowing that the more money I made, the more impact I could have inspired me to go create more. And so um, as we uh, came up with that, I think that's where the the whole notion of why everybody needs to know about this, because so many people sit in their business and think, I need to go make a ton of money. And once I make a ton of money, then I can go do good in this world. And we're changing that. We're, we're flipping that whole script and saying, well, what if you just started doing good from the beginning of your business? And then as you scaled your business, so did your giving and so did your happiness and you attached more things to it uh, or more charities to it so that you can actually start driving that impact and being more excited about building that business and just being a good human. So I think the whole concept of go big to give big, of changing entrepreneurship, changing the way we look at capitalism, changing the way that uh, just entrepreneurs want to show up and sell their products and services these days is going to be one of the biggest uh, shifts that we see in this space. And I'm excited to uh, just continue to share that gift with everybody. Yeah. And and I think too, like 
uh, you know, looking at other peers doing similar things, you know, today is really still feels like it's on that early adopter stage of things of for purpose work compared to like the later on in the bell curve when every, every business is doing it. So, you know, I think it's a, it's an important mission and we're on the forefront of it. And, um, question I have just so people can get to know you a little bit more, you've got a, a vast array of different skill sets from growing up in trades and being a German electrician to, you know, starting a real estate business with me. And, uh, you know, we've invested countless hundreds of thousands of dollars into personal growth and coaching and mentorship and, and, uh, and programs like that. What do you believe is your number one greatest skill? Um, my number one greatest skill, I think jokingly, I'm like talking. I'm just so good at <laughs> it's true. I don't know if it's my greatest skill, but it's the number one thing that I do. Um, I just talk a lot and, and stuff comes out and sometimes it resonates and sometimes it doesn't. Um, I think one of my greatest skills and one of my, um, I was just talking to someone the other day about this, one of my greatest gifts, but also one of my biggest challenges is um, never been diagnosed, but some sort of ADD type um, brain that I have. I have the ability to just see things fast and make split second decisions in a visionary type role. My gut drives a lot of my decisions and I trust it enough that I can operate really quickly. And my gift is that I can make quick decisions and, and the majority of the time, they end up being good decisions. The, the problem with that is that a lot of the times I get too far ahead of myself and don't quite uh, operate in a efficient manner because I don't always do the deepest due diligence. So. Uh, visionary and quick decision-making are probably my greatest gifts, but at the same time also can be some of my biggest weaknesses. And it's been like that my entire life in everything I touch and everything I do. So this might reflect back on the same to your answer to this question, but what's something that you wish more people knew or understood about you? Um, that I have the utmost compassion for humans and leadership and and wanting to just like empower people but my brain works faster than the words come out of my mouth and a lot of the times uh what i say doesn't reflect what i mean so um i think that's one of the things that uh, if i could you know f not fix about myself but just make people aware of and have them have more compassion for me of like oh randy genuinely cares he just says things too fast before he thinks about it and actually like processes it. And as a leader, that's probably one of the hardest things um, in my space right now is just uh, having having that understanding of learning to slow down, think about what I'm saying and not having the ability to actually slow down and do it because my brain sometimes just doesn't allow me to do that. Tell me something that other people value that you don't? Oh God, that is a tricky question. Um, what is something that other people value about me that I don't? Not necessarily about you, but just in general, maybe it's about business practice. Maybe it's about philanthropy. Maybe it's about, you know, being a compassionate, kind, happy, healthy human. Um, yeah. Tell me something that other people value that you don't value. Um, geez. 
something that other people value that I don't. You're diving deep here. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is just um, sales. You know, um, sales, I don't know if this is the right direction to go, but um, I find it very hard to do sales. Um, I, I, I just don't think it's something that I enjoy as much as I should. Um, and a lot of people actually really enjoy it, like providing value to people through sales of solving their problems. Um, I think a lot of people find value in that where I just don't. Uh, sales to me is one of my hardest skills. I love just connecting with humans. And if they choose to come with us, great. I just don't have that innate ability to close or uh, or to have them see themselves a part of the programs and stuff. So it uh, mm -hmm. might not be the direct answer, but that's one that other people value in, in sales that I just don't uh, have that same gift for. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I think, you know, I, I enjoy these particular types of conversations. Like you and I are different in the sense of like, I like to go very deep into that kind of space. And I think it's, uh, I, in a way I pride myself in, in asking very unique, like thoughtful types of questions. And, you know, so far, I hope everybody's also respecting just like the amount of vulnerability that you're, you're given here. And, and I think that's, uh, you know, definitely something that we focused a lot on in our own, you know, friendships and relationships and business partnerships and that kind of stuff. And it's a, a part of the culture that we've been able to instill. So, um, just wanted to, to compliment on, on that side of things. Um, you mentioned that you've done just like you pride yourself on leadership. It's been a focal point for you for a long time. Um, back from the sports days through, you know, your career as an entrepreneur. Um, what are some of the biggest things that you've learned and implemented about leadership that has had the greatest or biggest return for you as an individual? Yeah. Hundred percent learning how to play above the field than on the field. Learning to think two or three steps ahead of, hey, when I deliver this message, how is that person gonna act? And then how am I gonna respond? So if I have to uh say something to you of like, hey Steve, I'm gonna give you this information. And I know by playing two or three steps ahead, you're going to be upset about it. Maybe it's not the best information. Cool. Well, how can I respond on the other side? I'm going to deliver you the information and just being silent and knowing like, hey, I'm going to let Steve sit with this for a few moments before I say anything. Hey, I want to lead with compassion and love because I know that um, when I deliver this, Steve's going to be upset about it and he might need some space or some time. So just starting to try and play three or four steps ahead. Uh, a good example of that, just not in business, but in my personal relationship is my partner and I, Samantha, um, a lot of the times uh, I just make decisions and do things and I know it's going to have an impact on her. So if I want to go to an event that we're hosting, I'm like, hey, babe, I'm just going to go run this event, not realizing there's going to be an impact there. Instead, I can think further ahead and think, man, I'm going to run this event and Samantha's probably going to be upset or or miss me or want more of me. And I just told her I'm going to do this thing. So instead, how can I act? Can I say, hey, Samantha, I'm going to run this event, but in return, I would love to take you out for dinner tomorrow night and just have one-on-one -on -one time so that you know you have all of me while I go away. And having that ability to think a few steps further ahead has allowed me to be able to uh, maybe be more supportive as a leader to the people when I'm trying to deliver information or just communicate as a whole. So I want to dive into that because um, I think that is incredibly important for anybody who's scaling a business and for anybody who's, you know, wearing 10 different hats in their business from sales to, you know, leadership to lead gen to you name it, administration, whatever. Like a lot of people like solopreneurs are say to, to be able to scale into that. Like, so what was the approach that you took 
in the early stages to get you know to, to practice that be above the board kind of thing and and playing chess versus checkers uh a lot of it is just getting out and being at self-development retreats and conferences i mean mm-hmm. we went down to mexico twice um in early in our entrepreneurial careers to work with a guy named philip mckernan that just doesn't take no bs he he calls you out he's you know in your face and really helping you see the version of yourself that you are and then uh the biggest change for me was the investment i made into a personal coach where i worked one-on-one with a coach for 14 months where every single week that was the confrontation how do you want to show up how do you want to be if they like, realizing the impact that you have in every word that you say has an impact somewhere so understanding like when that impact is delivered how do you want to deliver it how do you want to clean it up how do you want to support that person after you deliver it and um you know consuming that type of content as opposed to consuming business content um just really excites me still to this day uh, mm-hmm. i could listen to my coach uh, he has a podcast called get lit with adam quiney i could listen to his podcast day in day out because i just have such a fascination with self-development and becoming like the best human possible how do i just show up as the best human possible i'd say that's it i wanted to relate this to to uh i like to be very practical in my approaches and 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 when giving kind of like advice in a way and something that i've done over the last year anyways um to help myself get above the board to look down onto it has been two things one i'm in a uh fairly competitive fantasy hockey league and so I put myself in that position of if I'm the general manager and I have all these different, you know, people and picks and, and, you know, players out there, how do I proceed to get like the, mo- the maximum value? And so I've related the business aspect and that to like the fun element of a fantasy hockey league. And another one is I love poker. And so I'll often, often think of, um, okay, what are the cards that I'm currently dealt? What are the cards that are still out there? You know, what's my uh, chip stack at currently? Do I need to bet all in on something just to continue to survive? And I've only got one move left or do I have a a ton of chips left on the table? And can it be aggressive or should it be more um, relaxed and and patient to, to find an opportunity? And I think like there's areas of people's lives where they can relate back to something that they do really well already or have a lot of fun with as is and integrate similar types of mentality into getting themselves above the board to look down onto it to think three four five ten moves ahead to uh to be able to put themselves and set themselves up for a successful um position that way now you mentioned that you are a quick thinker quick to act um quick to talk and and that's one of your greatest skill sets um you know shooting from the hip that way um is is kind of like your style and it's not necessarily like the i'm the exact opposite i'm I'm quite a bit more analytical on things but how has stream from the hip been beneficial for you across uh across business yeah you and i went to a uh real estate seminar in our very first interactions as business partners and the first day i was like let's just sign up fifteen thousand dollars who cares let's go like let's make it happen you're like whoa i don't even know what this is and i was like i don't care there's just going to be great value here and i bet all in on myself let's go and uh 
eventually you came around when you saw the value there and, and made the same decision I did. And uh, same for enrolling in a different mastermind, uh, Cole's mastermind. I went and I was just like, this is it. This is where lives get changed. This is where the impact happens. And uh, gratefully, you uh, trusted my gut and my hip shooting there to put us in a group that I think has had probably one of the biggest impacts on our lives. So my ability to just make split second decisions and bet on myself, I'll say us, uh, to know that we're going to win in any scenario that I put us into um, is something that I think has uh, helped a lot in our business growth because I do see a lot of uh, expansion and a lot of uh, forward thinking uh, to be able to make those decisions in a split second of, hey, how is this going to benefit us? What are the values we're going to get from it? And what is our ROI? You can't beat it. Let's do it. You think everybody should do that? No. Why? Uh, because no offense, but guys like you that need to analytically think uh, will probably second guess yourself a lot. I don't second guess myself basically in any decision. I think sometimes people will make those decisions, but then they'll reanalyze themselves and got caught up in their brain and uh, might not be able to find that same value. And I think people need to shoot more from their hip and trust themselves more um, is, is the way I would say that. I definitely believe people need to trust their decisions more and trust that they've equipped themselves with the right skills to make those decisions. Um, but I don't think everyone has the innate ability to have the same uh, intellect that I can do where I process information very fast and can, and can just see things, how they're going to play out uh, a little bit further down the road um, in in my space. So trust your gut more, but uh, or trust your ability to to perform on this stuff that you've learned. But not everybody should be just pulling from their hip because that'll how you get a lot of bad business decisions made. <laughs> Besides the more trust in yourself and that confidence element there, what do you think entrepreneurs need to do more of to scale their business? I, I think uh, it's like funny, it's like collaboration is one of the ones that helps you scale faster, but it's also one of the things that can set you back just as fast. So um, I think- What do you mean by that? Uh, because collaborating can put you in a room faster. You and I learned this very quickly of like, hey, if we partner with somebody, we can double our efforts, double our time and speed grows. So, so we can make those steps faster. But that same partnership could also be costing us some money now or costing us uh, some of our reputation that we can't control. So, so there are a lot of challenges that come with a collaboration or a partnership. But at the same time, we wouldn't be where we are if we didn't have those collaborations. So, um, so I do think people can scale faster by adding in collaborations into their businesses and getting around rooms where you are the smallest fish. Um, something you and I have done very well on is hanging out with people that make you know $10, $10 million a year as a, just a natural part of their lives. And when you start hanging out with them and just listening to the way they think, how they speak and how they talk, you naturally start acting and thinking and speaking the same way. So um, I would say just getting around the right circles. And the third thing, if I could say something, was just consuming yourself in content. Um, you know, a lot of these people think, I want to be successful and I want to have a good company and do this stuff. Even in our real estate, people are like, oh, it's so cool that you guys did this so quick and so fast. Yeah, but you didn't see that Steve and I were literally like, researching real estate 14 hours a day even while we were at our jobs we were listening to podcasts about real estate and then we come home and we started real estate and we started waking up at four in the morning to study and research and and 
It was like consumed our life for two or three years where we didn't have lives. We literally were just like either at home working on the road, getting around these circles or trying to build a business. There was no life. There was no fun. And it was a sacrifice we made to get to where we are. And um, so consuming yourself in absolute content, knowing that in three years, it's going to be worth the long-term investment of that sacrifice to get there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome, man. Uh, transitioning into our more give big element of the conversation. What inspires you or what's important to you about giving? I think it's the happiness and joy that comes from it. Mm. Like I, uh, I was just on a podcast and I was explaining it. Like, let's say you had, uh, I'll just explain the theory and then it all makes sense. So I'm all about right now creating a happiness account. So you don't have to be an entrepreneur. You don't have to be rich. All you have to do is create a separate bank account. Every month, take X amount of dollars from your personal account, move it over there. I don't care if you have a job. I don't care if you're an entrepreneur. It doesn't matter. Let's just say you move 25 bucks a paycheck. Not a lot. After a few months, you start stacking some cash in there. And then you're like, oh, that's my happiness account. Those are moments where I can just go buy my happiness. And for me, those moments are um, when I'm at the grocery store and I can just pay for somebody's groceries randomly. Don't know them. Maybe they look like someone that could use it. Maybe it's a mom with their kids or something. And you just pay for the groceries. And then you go and pull that from that account. To me, that buys me so much happiness and joy. And the better example that I liked was like, say a new, uh, a new rain jacket costs 50 bucks. And you're walking downtown and a homeless person does something nice for you. They say hi and smile at you as opposed to being all whacked out. And they're actually like, hey, how's it going? And you have a conversation like, that guy was good. I liked him. And then you go take 50 bucks from your account, two deposits that you put into your happiness account, and you go buy a rain jacket and you go deliver that to that person and you see the look in their eyes and the look in their face when you give them the jacket. There is no better moment in your life. You can't be angry. You can't be upset at the world. You can't care about your partnerships that are failing. Everything doesn't matter for those few seconds when you're looking at somebody and you give them something of service or need and 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 you just feel so great. And it was 50 bucks, two deposits of $25 into your happiness account and you can recreate that. All of a sudden, you just want to stack all your money into that happiness account because those are the moments that make you the happiest in your life. And if it's that easy of just buying a few deposits into my happiness account to go serve, suddenly I don't want to do that every quarter or every year. I want to do that every month, every week, every day. And that I think is the biggest thing that drives me right now for wanting to uh, add giving components to my business because those moments, you just don't get any better than that. Hashtag happiness account. I like it. Uh, what are some other ways that you're giving back today? Yeah, I've done a lot of, uh, I'm, I'm helping someone right now um, just with scaling their their uh, coaching business. I've really enjoyed working with her. I see, see a lot of potential in her and just completely open up my schedule to her. Anytime she needs something, I drop it and just answer and support her uh, for the same reason. It just makes me so happy watching somebody succeed. Like when I get a text from her that says, holy smokes, I made this post and I just closed two clients. It's like, that makes me very happy. And so uh, just being of service and time uh, that way uh, is one of my favorite ones. Um, obviously, giving back from our businesses uh, is a very simple way that we donate $10 a door per month. Uh, we donate from our masterminds together. 
um, is there. And uh, one of my favorite ones that we just recently did was um, just buying some donuts and going down to uh, the homeless village here and just giving away donuts. It cost us, again, 50 bucks. And to just go um, just go serve and just give away food to people that don't have it or, or you know, getting a donut for them is like me probably going and, and buying the most expensive dessert in the world. For them, it's just like, oh my God, it was such a treat. So there's a few things that I've done uh, recently that are just serving and giving back of making donations to charities in need, uh, serving uh, people that in, in just a way of helping them with the business and then going out and actually physically like just supporting people. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, I think a lot of people from our conversations anyways have this roadblock in their mind around how to select who to give to, right? There's not like a, a, a Wikipedia page of like vetted, you know, for purpose businesses or, or, uh, charities that like a hundred percent of the money goes to, you know, the impact instead of, um, you know, the CEOs or C-suites and, and administration type of stuff. You know, for people who want to start giving or giving more into different types of organizations or charities or, or um, you know, reasons for impact, what's your advice to them on how to find someone that's meaningful to them, for one, and for two, somebody who's actually credible and worthy of that donation? 100%. Dude, see, there's two things that stop people from making donations in this world. One, they don't trust or know a charity to donate to, which means, hey, uh, I know the Red Cross. Anytime I donate a dollar, only 30 cents goes to the person in need. So I believe every charity does that. So I just don't know which charity to donate to because exactly what you said. I don't know which one's going to have the best return on my money. I worked for that money and I'm donating it. I want as much to go to that next person as possible. So, and the second is, and sorry, and the second part of that resonates with them. That's the biggest thing that blocks people. And the second one is actually uh, moving the money. People are so limited and blocked by that, which is the happiness account which is, dude, I don't care. Just start a separate bank account, move a few bucks every single month over to it. And then you're able to make that decision where it's like, I have money here. I'm just going to give it away. That is totally out of my thing. So those are the two reasons why people don't give. And the first one is what you touched on. Man, finding the charity that you need, all I'll say to start with is referrals. Talk to people that are actually doing donations and making it happen. Get around communities where people are donating. You and I were a part of a group where there was 100 entrepreneurs and every single one of them had a different charity that they liked. Cool, we got connected to one where the guy runs the charity with his family called International Network of Hearts. You probably heard us talk about it. And Larry, was, we just got connected to the mastermind and we fell in love with that charity. If you asked me before I met Larry, if I would donate to sex traffic kids in Mexico, I probably would say no, like it didn't have an attachment to me. When I met Larry and heard his story, what his family is doing, the direct impact that $50 makes to that charity, it became a no brainer for us to support them and work with them. The problem is so many people are scared to talk about charity. It's such a negative or it's got a weird sticking point in public conversation these days. So asking people what charities they like and what they support to, and then finding your passion about it by, again, uh, understanding that there's a charity for everything out there. There is so many charities that uh, you can support and work with. You and I found kids sports because we both enjoyed sports growing up and leadership skills that we learned from sports were some of the best things ever. We were just talking one day about like, hey, what do you like? I don't know. I like sports. 
And you're like, I like, I learned a lot from it growing up. How do we just empower more kids to do that? It just came from a conversation we were having. And then we went and found a charity typing in, hey, which local charities? We found Kidsport. We had a quick call with them and we found out, hey, they're great. They're local. They support uh, kids that we believe. They shared their financials with us pretty promptly. Of like, yeah, like, you know, we have to cover this and this and this for our overhead, but the rest of the money goes to the kids and we actually care. No brainer for us to invest in them. So those are two ways. One's referral. And then one is just like where your passion lies. What we took as simple as, hey, we enjoyed playing sports and we went and found a charity or organization that supports sports and kids. The last question on this topic is around like team culture. So, you know, what, what changes do you think in team culture when an organization includes an aligned for purpose aspect? Yeah, it's a absolute no brainer when you talk to people that have implemented this into their business, that it changes the culture forever. And a good example of that is, um, say somebody's selling products or services and, uh, you need to hit your quota every month of 10 sales and they're a thousand dollars. Uh, a sale. So you need to hit uh, $10,000 in sales. Maybe you donate $100 for every transaction. So now instead of going to your team and saying, hey, we need to we need to sell $10,000 worth of products this month because we need to hit our quota. That is capitalism driven by greed. What instead we said, hey, you know what? We need to go sell 10 products this month so we can donate $1,000 to those kids that needed us, that that are relying on us to feed them, all of a sudden your motive changes for your team. Your sales team now is like, you're right. We got to go feed those kids. Not, hey, we need to make more money for the company. We need to go feed those kids tomorrow. Awesome. Let's get on the phone and do that. And that culture comes from you as a leader talking about this through the through the hiring process. Like our mastermind, our mastermind, people are only in there because they're good humans, want to give back, want to change the world and build really cool businesses. Anybody in my mastermind, I can talk to about this. If we had our preaching about making a ton of money and driving fancy cars and uh, you know buying the biggest houses we can, we'd have a different culture inside of our mastermind. You have to create that culture in your work, bring the right people in, and then once you incentivize them with things like that, they will produce 10 times further and 10 times more because they actually care about humans, not just making a paycheck. Yeah, couldn't agree more. We've got a few more minutes here and uh, this next question is my second most anticipated question to ask you uh what has been one of your favorite moments of giving that still gives you goosebumps today when you think about it oh there's a few but the the biggest impact on me was uh when you and i went down to uh international Nebco hearts and i remember not being able to uh speak any spanish and hanging out with these kids that uh you know as young as you know, sometimes one, two years old that had been through sex trafficking. They've been through so much. And when you're like sitting there talking to them and they have smiles on their faces and all they want to do is dance and joke and, and play soccer. And you're like, oh, dude, you've been through so much. And I'm over here complaining because, you know, my, my million dollar real estate portfolio is, is having some problems. Like, holy smokes, I need a perspective check here. And there was a moment where I believe we bought ice cream for all of the girls and it cost us less than $25. And we said like, hey, Larry, what can we do? We want to do something for the girls. He's like, they love ice cream. We're like, sweet, that's buy. He's like, it's 25 bucks. We're like, that's it? 
And to see the smiles on those kids' faces, man, when we just like, it was, it was crazy. It was 25 bucks and we brought so much joy and happiness. And it was like, it's in those moments where you're like, um, money can buy you happiness, man. There's, there's like, my heart is so full right now, even talking about it. Cause I'll never forget that moment that we're able to, uh, do those kinds of things that, uh, a simple transaction of $25 brought an orphanage of sex traffic kids to just forget about how crappy their life was for a few moments while they were eating that ice cream. Yeah. Every time I've been down there, it's been special memories that I'll always, uh, always remember. All right. Given around rapid fire. You ready to rock and roll? Of course. In one word, describe the feeling you get when you give. Pure joy. Pure joy. That's two words, bro. <laughs> uh, what do you think of when you hear go big to give big? Being on this side of the questions, I'm like, these are fr- these are like like after I'm all emotionally screwed up from that one question and then having to answer these questions, I'm like, oh, no wonder I guess are like uh, challenged by it. Um, go big to give big, man. To me, it's as simple as that. Like the bigger you go, the more impact you can make. So why are we stopping at making a million dollars a year the standard? Why are we making it 10 million, but just having a giving component that gives away half of that? So build as much money as you freaking want in this world, but just make sure you're giving a good chunk of it away. And and that is the inspiration of like, just go big and give big. Who inspires you with their giving? Uh, I could list 700 people. I could list anybody on our podcast. Um, the one that I'm going to allude to is, is somebody I just took very kindly to, uh, Tommy Barrett's. The guy just bleeds giving back. Every time I talk to him, he's just so excited to talk about Project Punchline. He's so excited to talk about the companies that he's making, the impact that he's having. And there isn't a phone call I've had with him where I haven't left being like, damn, dude, like you genuinely just want to change this world. So uh, he's an easy one. Obviously, Cole Hatter is another one. Um, what he's doing with the Make Money Matter Foundation and the orphanage that he has and the incredible things he's doing down there. But uh, without being an absolute layup and someone people probably don't hear much of, Tommy Barretts, who is episode, I think, three of our podcast, uh, is just one of the most giving, philanthropic, amazing humans I've ever met. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Uh, what would get you more excited? Donating a million dollar check or spending a week physically helping others? Uh, I'm, I'm going to go to the side of donating the check because I think I can make more of an impact that way. Um, I, what, what I want to do is spend more time. I want to go spend a week serving all day long. Um, but I think on the impact side, what would make me more excited, uh, is actually writing a million dollar check because I know places like international network of hearts, I write them a $5,000 check and I get crying videos of the impact it made. I couldn't imagine if I called them and said, Hey, I have a million dollars for you to just change your life. It would have uh, the biggest impact I think you could ever imagine on somebody um, that, yeah, I just don't think you'd ever replace. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, what is one of your favorite charities? Uh, International Network of Hearts. I'll plug them all day long uh because they're great um you know helping sex traffic kids down in mexico that uh unfortunately their parents have uh, put them in a bad situation and giving them life again and just hearing some of those stories that have come of how they've actually just changed and supported kids is amazing 
Kidsport Victoria is another great one that we love helping kids go through organized sports that can't afford it. Like, come on. Anybody, anybody knows that helping a kid go through sport is just the coolest thing on the planet. And then I'll just throw the Make Money Matter Foundation out there, uh, just because uh, heavily involved in it. And you know what Cole's doing with his orphanage and uh, helping uh, women that have gone through some sort of uh, addiction and giving them rehab and taking care of their kids and helping bring them back into public is, I just think, very cool. Second to last one, what do you want your tombstone to say? What do I want my tombstone to say? Um, I was thinking about this one the other day. I was on a run and I was just like, man, if if I could leave like one thing for the world and everybody knew me, like what would it be? And uh, honestly, my tombstone would say like, man, go big to give big in the sense of like, he didn't stop because he was comfortable. He didn't just get what he needed. He kept going, but he empowered the giving component like nobody's ever seen before. So if I could just leave what I would say, it would say, uh, Randy was the definition of go big to give big. And our final question, one I'm excited to ask you, I already know the answer, but elaborate as you see fit. Do you believe that money can buy you happiness? To all the podcast guests out there that we've had on that said money can't <laughs> buy you happiness, I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to go show you exactly how it's possible. I'm going to be the 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 leading figure for everybody out there that's like money can't buy you happiness. Money doesn't do you good. I think everybody understands money can do good in this world. I want to show you about connecting the dots of why it makes you happy of creating a happiness account, labeling it happiness account, and then using that money to go serve and find joy and happiness in doing the philanthropic work and saying, wow, I just bought my freaking happiness today. You know what, Steve, we just lost a million dollars. Let's just go to our little happiness account here and go serve somebody because all of a sudden losing that million dollars means absolutely freaking nothing in that moment other than like, dude, how lucky are we? It's the most gratifying thing on this planet so uh i i truly cannot say it loud enough that if you if you don't believe money doesn't buy you happiness you might not be shopping at the right store or you might just have uh your philosophy of it wrong because i truly stand by the statement that money can buy you happiness if you do it in the right manner amen my dude uh, this has been a blast having this conversation with you. Uh, I finally learned the question that shut you up, which was interesting. Uh, I don't think it'll ever happen again, but I'll cherish that one. Um, just so you know, people want to can if, if people want to connect with you to continue the conversation, learn more from the Go Big to Give Big mission and everything that you're about. What's the best way for people to connect with you? Yeah, I was just sharing this on my last podcast. My my favorite thing is uh, on Instagram when I make a post about giving about happiness accounts or anything and getting the flood of dms of people saying like oh my god this is so simple i'm implementing it today it has been one of the, the things that i never expected to to fill my soul um but getting messages of people that have said wow you made this so simple and easy i implemented it today so if people want to connect with me go to my instagram and just like and read some of those stuffs, leave a comment or send me a DM about the impact it's going to have on you. That is like 
you want to do a good deed, that would make me so freaking happy. And it's the best place to find me. Um, other than uh, just researching or Googling, go big to give big. Uh, Steve and I, every single post that's ever been made within go big to give big came from us. It started with zero. We searched everything about it. There was not a single hashtag that said go big to give big before Steve and I started. So um, if you look up go big to give big, Steve and I have had some sort of imprint on it. And uh, I think it's going to be an inspiration going forward of of the movement that we're able to make. So all y'all listening, take Granny's advice for this entire conversation, especially tag him in a photo on Instagram of your good deed. Maybe add in the hashtag go big to give big, or maybe even the hashtag of happiness account would be a fun one to build out. Dude, thank you for uh, joining your own show as the guest and inspiring us and this incredible community to continue to go bigger with our dreams and goals so that we can give bigger with our profits. For all those listening, please hit the subscribe button. We love y'all. We want to have con- uh, to continue to grow this awesome network of incredible speakers like Randy and all the other ones who have been here. Bro, thank you so much. Yeah. If you're listening, go add a freaking giving component to your life. Just go do it. Don't think about it. Add it. Do it. And uh, join us on the journey. I promise you will not regret it. Have an awesome day. Thank you for listening to the show. If you know someone who's an example of Go Big to Get Big, we would love if you could share this with them. We want to get our message out to as many listeners as we can. And it all starts by having people like you share it with your friends. Also, if you enjoyed the show, take 30 seconds and give us a five-star review. It's a simple act of giving that is free for you, helps us grow our message, and in return, allows others to find us sooner. And until the next episode, Remember, always go bigger with your dreams and goals so you can give bigger with your profit.